Hey NRL fans, we've got a brand new podcast for you. It features the Fox League commentators, it recaps every round, and it's called Take Me Now, I Have Seen It All. Please head to iTunes, hit subscribe, you won't be disappointed. Our cricket coverage continues today with Fox cricket journalist Jacob Karoop, who was here on deck as the story broke in the early hours of Sunday morning. He's been hell and back since then, getting content up on the website, uh, and he'll provide all the important updates on today's splash. It's Wednesday, the 28th of March. For your daily dose of sporting agenda, your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage, The Splash, with your host, Phil Pryor. And with cricket journalist for Fox Sports Australia, Jacob Croup. Welcome in, Jacob. Hi, mate. Good to be here. After I've got him at the end of another long shift, so hopefully you've still got about 10 minutes of energy to give me. Ah, for you, Phil, anything. <laughs> Now, a quick reminder that Unibet's Expert Edge gives you the Rugby League and AFL stats and insight. You need to back more winners this season, not to mention offering up a stack of Unibet specials every round. So jump on the Unibet website or download the Unibet app to check it out. Oh, man. Uh, what a few days now. Uh, obviously, that's been all we've been talking about uh, this week on the website uh, and on the Splash as well. Uh, my episode yesterday with Brett Jeeves was the has already uh, hit uh, new records in terms of <laughs> downloads. Um, I think it's pretty clear that uh, everyone just wants as much information as possible on this. Uh, the story has continued to develop uh, quite a fair bit in the last 24 hours. Uh, you know, now we're moving on to cultural issues uh, and obviously punishments. Uh, James Sutherland is over in South Africa now. Uh, I, I think the, the biggest headline so far to come out of today, though, Jacob, correct me if I'm wrong, is the fact that they've decided to stick with Darren Lehman rather than uh, rather than let him go, which was widely considered that uh, that was sort of uh, imminent, uh, you know, that he was either going to resign or, or get the boot. Yeah, it is quite interesting in that they've, they've sent uh, David Warner, Steve Smith, and Cameron Bancroft home for yeah. you know for committing this act of cheating. Really, James Sutherland couldn't say it for legal reasons, I, I assume, and sponsorship reasons. But, right. Um, okay. It, it's interesting that you know Darren Lehman, if if he did know about it, then it's inexcusable, and he should have been sent home. If he didn't know about it, then why didn't he know about it? You know, he's yeah. he's the Australian coach. It's his job to you know be monitoring this team and making sure they're doing the right things and behaving. He, he kind of sets the culture. It's, it's quite interesting in that um, James Sutherland talked about having an independent review into the Australian team's culture. Um, when the man in charge of that culture is, is, is still there, Darren Lehman, like exactly. It was back in 2013 that Mickey Arthur got sacked and, and Darren Lehman got brought in with um, an emphasis on him reintroducing a winning culture to the team um, he's he's by and large done that. They've won the World Cup. They've won the Ashes. They've they've won pretty much everything. Um, yeah. But we're seeing, I guess the the con- 
I guess, the side effects of that winning culture of this, uh, of this, you know, hard but but not so fair uh, uh, policy Australia has taken on over over the, over the past month. You know, Australia's been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons yeah. lately. There was the, there was the David Warner incident in the stairwell. There was. You know, Nathan Lyon dropping a ball far too close to A.B. de Villiers. There was... Mm. And then, obviously, you know, it all culminated in this ball-tampering incident. Um, to me, it's just... It's what happens when you keep allowing your team to get away with actions that, that everyone else is saying wrong, but you're saying is, is okay. Eventually, um, you know, eventually something like this is, is going to happen. Something big is going to happen. Geelong, I think Geelong coach, uh, a footy reference here, Chris Scott, uh, he sort of defined it perfectly on uh, AFL 360 last night. You know, when you you put a a frog into warm water and let it slowly boil, the frog will stay there. Uh, As a, you know, you can't just chuck it straight into boiling water or cold water, it's going to jump out. So um, you, you allow it to keep simmering away until it hits that boiling point and all and th- and this is clearly the tipping point as we've already sort of touched on someone uh said uh in the last couple of days uh you know providing their analysis on on this situation from James Sutherland's perspective is that this will define his legacy how he goes about dealing with this and it looks like he's failed the first step uh because everyone's laughing at the fact that Darren Lehman still has his job uh and I, and I would have to agree with that reaction. Um, he needed to come down hard. Lehman, based on what we know, everyone in this Australian cricket team and the wider cricketing community knows that uh, ball tampering is a rife issue in the sport. So to to completely block that out and say that it was just the three players that knew about this prior to the action happening on the ground is farcical. Yeah, it it seems a strange one just because of how you know premeditated the act was. You, it just it it seems really tough tough to, to be down to three people. Mm. Um, it, maybe maybe it was maybe the rest of the players didn't know. You know, Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazel were reportedly both very angry that their names have been dragged th- through the mud yeah. over this. And you know, if they weren't involved, then they have every right to be. I can um, understand why they'd be yeah. upset about it, but I, I don't know if I can trust that they didn't know what was going on. <laughs> They're the one getting handed the ball. I guess that's the issue right now, is that nobody knows who they can trust in the Australian team. Uh, sadly, all it takes is a couple of you know bad eggs to, to spoil it for everyone, right? Mm. Um, the Australian team is going to have a very tough time over the next year restoring faith um, mm. between themselves and the Australian cricket public, I think that's what comes with being a team as loved as the Australian team is. You know, when when something you love hurts you, it it hurts so much more, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it, it does damage, and it's even even once um, you know Australia starts to forgive this cricket team, there's always going to be you know scars of, of, of the nature. Like, this is gonna tar these players for the rest of their lives for sure um as as the fallout continues the the issue has sort of actually moved on from the fact that we were caught cheating to the bigger cultural issues uh at play uh within this australian cricket dressing room um but then also right the way through to the front office uh at cricket australia as well which is why i think 
at this point moving forward, we uh, we need to consider potentially a, a, a full clean out um, to really get things back on track. Because uh, do you imagine that that that's where the the conversation is going to continue going? To how do we fix? Uh, the culture of Australian cricket. It, it's an interesting one, particularly because this is a, a very sensitive time for Cricket Australia. They've got the TV deals to negotiate. I can't imagine <laughs> they want to have a full front office clear uh, clean out <laughs> at this stage and then mm. drop a new batch of negotiators in to, to to work out this TV deal. I can't imagine it's helped them in, the, in these negotiations the, either. I mean, the players have just put Cricket Australia through hell and back to... <laughs> Uh, to sort out these player payments as well. Yeah. So, there's been man, a, there'd be some friction in there right yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, that, there has to be, right? I mean, you know, it's this this same kind of management group that's overseen a lot of controversy since since Darren Lehman came into play and hasn't really ever stepped in to, to stop it. You know, somebody exactly. higher than... Like, not higher than the team, because nothing's higher than the team. Um, but somebody, you know, separate from the team has to eventually, you know, either fall on their sword or changes have to be made. You yeah. know, something has to be done to make sure that, you know, both sides of the ledger are being held accountable. Yeah. So, how long until pressure and backlash from this decision to keep Lehman in that job, how long until uh, until that... Uh, that decision is is flipped and he is gone because that seems like an impending uh, thing that will happen here. Uh, that's a good question. I think it's all down to how long the uh, public pressure stays on. Um, I think public... oh, it's going to hit fever pitch. Y- you'd assume so. Um, there's only one test to go, but you know a week is a long time, as as we've said. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, how how long is a piece of string really? <laughs> um, so. Who, I mean, I'm envisaging someone. Uh, this is all going to be revealed in a book in a in a, a year or two's time. Uh, I reckon it's going to be uh, Dave Warner. He's going to be the the first to to get on the front foot and uh, and and turn this into a some kind of a financial win. And and he's going to re- release a book and uh, throw a few of the other boys under the bus. Who do you reckon is going to be the first to try and? Uh, yeah, I, I think you've got it spot on with Davey Warner. He's <laughs> he's burnt a lot of bridges, um, bridges that I don't think he can repair. So yeah, it makes sense for it to be Davey. I, I think um, I, I'm pretty sure Steve Smith will be back in that team at some stage. Um, that's, he, that's how it's sounding. Yeah, it, it's as, it's as if uh, once we get to the bottom of all this and we and we bring in a new coach and um, a new captain, uh, I don't think Dave. It sounds as though Dave Warner won't be allowed back in unless, you know, he he toes the line yeah. from that point moving forward. And and I think from what we've seen so far, he has too much ego to to allow that to happen. He might go and join the Chris Gale tour um, and just go and get his big bucks in the 2020 format. Uh, Steve Smith, though, it, it sounds like he will be able to bounce back in a sort of a Ponting-esque capacity, uh, you know, post-captaincy uh, chapter in his test career. Do, do you agree with that? I I think so. Um, it's it's really only the Australian team that you this rarity of captains coming back to play just as players. Like it happens a lot in India and England and South Africa. You know, Amy de Villiers and Hashimamo are both captain this team. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't see why not. It's more if he um like it, this has to have taken a mental toll 
on yeah. Steve Smith. Yeah. Like I can't imagine what he is going through, or, or Davey or, or, or Cameron Bancroft either, but um, the intensity with which he plays and he lives, it's going to take some bounce back for him to reach the heights he's, he's hit over you know these past four years. Um, mm. So that'll be the real test for him. How are you going to look to cover this fourth test, assuming it still goes ahead, <laughs> which I, I would assume it will, um, you know, without the the three key players here. They've uh, Matt Renshaw, uh, Glenn Maxwell, and uh, Joe Burns have yep. been brought uh, into uh, the squad already. Uh, and I think at least two of those guys will elevate into the starting 11 alongside Peter Hanscom, who's obviously already over there. Yep. Um, but, I mean, clearly, and, and because there's going to be a lot of interest heading into the test, just how will uh, this team deal with everything that's taken place and how will that translate to on-field performance? But how seriously can we take what happens on the field uh, in relation to just the controversy surrounding everything and, and more the, the narratives like how are the crowd going to uh, treat the, the Australian players and all that kind of thing? It'll be interesting. Um I, I, on the crowd, it'll be hostile. There's, there's oh, no man. doubt it'll be hostile. Where is the fourth test? In in, in Johannesburg. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you heard it in Cape Town. They were calling... They were banging for blood, essentially, yeah, yeah, when Steve yeah. Smith walked out and, and walked back off. Um, how the team will take it, it, you know, that fourth day in Cape Town was touch, tough to watch. Yeah. We've seen Australian teams... Australian batting orders collapse, but that was a team falling into itself, that, that final session after T, where they lost 10 wickets for 50 runs. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to take a hell of a bounce back. Um, I, I think, I actually think it could do them a world of good if, you know, if they manage to to put up a fight in this test. I think it'll. They'll still have a full bowling attack. It seems they'll still have a full bowling attack. It'll go some way to, not 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 a long way, but a, a little bit of a little bit of a way to restoring a bit of, you know, love for the Australian team. They'll yeah. they'll be that underdog story and all that and. And the team bouncing back, everyone loves that story. Um, but it's it's going to be tough for the Australian team for the next 12 months. Yeah. And if you're uh, Tim Payne heading in as it's your first test as Aussie skipper, how do you handle that situation? Do, <laughs> do you try and, and get the boys motivated to, um, you know, get back on the front yeah. foot? Do you sort of acknowledge everything that's happened? Uh, you know, what sort of approach does he take as he sort of addresses the men on that morning of the first uh, day? He's going to have to stru- a real balancing act for Tim Payne because, mm. you know, Australia have to really ditch this ugly Aussies tag. So yeah. he's going to have to find a way for them to be on the front foot without being overtly aggressive, um, yeah, yeah. which is, you know, a conundrum. No Australian captain ever really managed to strike that balance, at least not in my time. Maybe they should clap every... Every time the, a South African batsman hits a boundary or something like that, just be really, really good sports. Uh, well, my, my junior coach always told me that you talk to your, your own team and you don't talk to the batsmen. Uh, maybe, maybe it's going back to playing like a like you're in an under 15 game. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't I don't envy Tim Payne, which is a strange thing to say for a guy who's just been made <laughs> captain of Australia. But um, he's he's got a tough act. You know, it was only oh, six months time. ago that he you know. His career looked to be up yeah. at, at a domestic yeah. level, let alone you know the yeah. international level. So, hell of a story for Tim Payne. Yeah. Also, you know Matt Renshaw, yeah. you know axed from the Test side quite quite harshly, mm. had a tough time of it in the Shield, but really picked up form towards the end of it. Won the won the Sheffield Shield, 
and then got called up to Australia. So a couple of silver linings, I guess. Yeah, well, I suppose that is one of the, the, the sort of the, the good um, subplots that we can follow is that pretty much every batsman uh, in this Aussie lineup has a point to prove and has something to prove, whether it's to themselves or, or the test selectors moving forward. So um, you would think that there's enough motivation for each uh, each of the Aussie batsmen to go out there and um, and put their head down and try and score some runs. Oh, definitely, no doubt. Yeah, uh, Jacob, we'll we'll leave it there. We'll let you go and uh, go and get some sleep. Thanks for uh, joining today's splash. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Boys, just a word for the future. If you get caught doing something like that ever again, it's hard to imagine. I know, but should you get caught ever again doing that, put your hand up straight away. Don't have the coach of the team trying to hide a walkie-talkie behind his hand, look up at the big screen, realise, oh, poo, I'm on the big screen, try and sneak the walkie-talkie out of view, and then have... This, I mean, the timeline was hilarious. I'm laughing because I can't believe it. It was Keystone Cops. Uh, uh, honestly. Peter Hanscom's down there on the, in the, on the bench, on the sideline. I'm on the walkie. Oh, now I'm on the screen. I'll pretend I'm not talking on the walkie-talkie. I'm just going to happen to run out on the field and talk to Bancroft. I wonder what that conversation's about. How stupid are you blokes? Yeah, how about that from uh, Fox Sports broadcaster Warren Smith, who is co-hosting a brand new Fox League podcast, Take Me Now. I have seen it all alongside Matty Russell. We're going to try and get Andrew Voss on the show as well. He's been tied up uh, with his new show on Fox League, The Fan, uh, which airs on Tuesday evenings each and every week right throughout the NRL season, uh, and I do promise uh, most of the chat on that podcast, Take Me Now, I Have Seen It All, is rugby league based, uh, and Warren Smith has a couple of incredible rants on the most recent episode of that, uh, taking aim at the Raiders and also the obstruction rule. It is fantastic uh, listening, so definitely go and check that out. Now, what else is going on in sport? There's a few headlines. The Socceroos finished all square, all tied up. Stalemate with Columbia, nil all at Craven Cottage uh, earlier this morning. Uh, So definitely issues for new coach Bert Van Marveik to sort through uh, in NRL. Mitchell Pearce's origin claims have gained steam uh, following... The knee injury that's going to keep Panther star Nathan Cleary on the sidelines six to ten weeks. We've got a story up on the website about that. In AFL, Essendon has extended coach John Warsfold till the end of 2020 at a minimum. Uh, they had a great first up win against grand finalists Adelaide last Friday night. Uh, looking the goods this year, the Bombers. And Bulldogs star Emma Kearney has claimed the AFLW Best and fairest awards for the 2018 season. Capping off a hell of a week for the Western Bulldogs following her side's grand final triumph. Uh, A hell of a week for the Western Bulldogs on a more sour note as well after their demolition uh, by uh, GWS at uh, Canberra's Marnica Oval UNSW 
Oval, uh, as it's now known as. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a hell of an opening uh, round in the AFL last weekend. Looking forward to action right across the Easter break coming up, and what a week for sporting fans as a whole. Uh, obviously dominated by this cricket uh, saga, which just continues to evolve. Uh, yeah, we've been keeping updated all week. The Fox Sports website's going to continue to do so. That's a wrap.